Well, hello, YouTube Power Hour Squad. Erica here with a replay episode for you. So if you're brand new to the YouTube Power Hour podcast and you have a YouTube channel or you're thinking about starting a YouTube channel or you want to expand your business and influence online using YouTube, then this is a podcast for you. And for my returners, welcome back. This is a replay episode because I take a little bit of a break in between seasons to focus on my boot campers that are in the Zero to Influence YouTube boot camp. And for those of you that are new, that is my boot camp where I help women find clarity with their purpose on YouTube and help them discover their best selves. So they bring their best, most unique, most magnetic self to camera. So my philosophy with YouTube is we build your YouTube channel from the inside out. So if you are interested in joining the bootcamp, I am going to be running another one in 2019. Date will be released. And if you want information on that, you can head to ericaviera.net forward slash bootcamp. But in the meantime, I am replaying some of the favorites for you guys so that if you're new, you can get introduced to the podcast. And if you're returning, some of these are some of the best episodes, most downloaded. So you get a chance to listen to the amazing goodness all over again. So one big ask that I asked of you guys is my big goal for 2019 is to be one of the top 10 marketing podcasts and business podcasts on iTunes. But I need your help. I know a lot of you guys love the podcast and you share it, but I need your help to get even bigger and better so that I can do more things with the podcast. So if you are on Instagram, share it in your stories, share it in your posts, tag me, tell a friend, tell Facebook groups. If you write for a blog, mention it there and help the YouTube Power Hour podcast get to the top 10 so that I can bring lots of big things for you guys. But still, I have some amazing guests that are lined up for you guys already. I'm super pumped. Going to be recording all new episodes. So hang tight for the new episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, leave a review if you haven't before. That also helps with the ranking on iTunes and helping more and more people discover this podcast. Enjoy the interview. I am so excited to have the adorable Nikki Philippi. Did I say hi? Close. Philippi. Okay. Okay. Like. It's like filling a pie, like fill a pie. Yeah. <laughs> like a filling. Kind of like, not like Ryan, because I always imagine Ryan Philippi. Uh-huh, which but is funny because my husband has a brother named Ryan. Oh, but it's spelled the same way, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know you how he pronounce it differently. Well, yeah. anyways, welcome Nikki to the show. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, in the intro, I gave our listeners and viewers a little bit of an overview of who you are, but why don't we get started with letting everyone would know what inspired you to start a YouTube channel? 
Oh man. Um, I have kind of a, a funny story. I was not like, I was never a YouTube viewer. I wasn't, I didn't realize that the whole community existed. I actually started working more in entertainment. So I did like a lot of indie films, commercials, a lot of theme park work um, because I came from theater and working in a theme park is kind of like theater on crack. Like you just do show after show after show. So I was actually working abroad in Singapore for Universal Studios and I re-injured my knee while I was out there with my husband. And when we came home, I, for the first time, like in my working life, which I've been working since I was like 14, I had no idea what I was going to do. I just, I freaked out because even though I did a little bit of everything, I did acting and singing and dancing. I was never like amazing at one of them. I wasn't like, you know, a Meryl Streep actress or like, you know, a Celine Dion singer, like a So You Think You Can Dance dancer. I just kind of did a little bit of everything. And so when you took away the dancing, I was like, dude, what am I going to do? Like, I don't even know how to work now. So we were living with my parents because we came back with nothing. We gave up everything to go to Singapore and it didn't pan out being what we thought it was. And then coming home early, everything was just kind of a mess. So we were living with my parents, thank God. And um, I literally woke up one morning in July of 2010 and to everyone who isn't religious, I realize this sounds crazy, but I woke up. And I felt like God was telling me to get on YouTube. Like I literally, it felt, I remember waking up and it was so clear. And I thought like, what am I, am I supposed to look at cat videos on YouTube or like, what am I doing on YouTube? And so I opened up my computer and I started looking online and I found all of these videos like pretty fast that were like nail polish videos, favorites videos, beauty videos. And I I kind of fell down the rabbit hole and started discovering this whole community around beauty and fashion. And I thought like, maybe I'm supposed to make a video. Like, I don't know. And so I made a video that day. It was very, very difficult. Um, actually, whenever I, I feel like I have skills I need to work on still, which you always do, I always look back and I remember how far I came because that first video was so difficult. I had no idea how to get light on me or anything. Um, but anyways, I made the video, I uploaded it. And then 10 minutes later, I took it down. I was like, this is so embarrassing. I'm so done. And I went back to my regular life, like casting director workshops and marketing classes and things like that. But the idea wouldn't leave my head. So a few months later, I uploaded again, same thing, took it down like five, 10 minutes later. I was like, this is so dumb. Like, what am I doing? This isn't my thing. Like what's going on? Well, in December, I was driving to a casting director workshop and I turned on the radio. And right when I turned it on, um, it was the Dave Ramsey show and Shay Carl had just called in. And right when I turned it on, he was like, oh, hey, so what's your name? And Shay was like, oh, I'm, I'm Shay Carl. And Dave asked him what he did. And Shay was like, well, it's kind of hard to explain, but I make YouTube videos. And right in that instant, I knew like when I get home, this is what I have to do. I get it. This is too weird. So I got home that day uploaded and just decided to not tell anyone. So that's what I did. I kept it secret for a while, but that's how I initially got onto the site. I know it's a long-winded story, but I feel like I have to tell the whole picture of it. So when you were initially thinking about YouTube or you had that revelation, were Mm -hmm. you a YouTube fan? Were you watching videos? Was it kind of part of your life in the sense like recreationally? It, it really wasn't. Um, my husband, it definitely was. He okay. was really into YouTube. But for me, like I said, prior to that July, when I just woke up and had that revelation, mm-hmm. I wasn't into it. I didn't even know that it was like a thing. I really thought of it as a place that people uploaded 
cat videos or vacation videos mm. or just random stuff. So over the course of those months until I dove in, I kind of did become more of a fan because I started to watch people's videos a little more consistently. Um, but prior to that, no. Mm. And then when I did upload, it was like, I just decided to dive in. And when you uploaded, what kind of video was it? (laughs) Um, It was a favorites video. Mm -hmm. And I was so embarrassed for some reason. I don't know why it embarrassed me, but I was so so embarrassed that I was a newbie that in the video, I actually said like, hey guys, long time no see. Like like I had already been making videos a while. Well, fake it till you make it, right? (laughs) That was my first video. It was a favorites video. And so you uploaded your first video, you took that one down, you waited another four months or so, you kind of got re-inspired by hearing uh, someone on the radio on the Dave Ramsey show talk about their YouTube experience. So then you went home and you said, let me try this again. And then you uploaded that same video a second, or was it a different video? Well, actually, I was confused on what you meant by the first video. The very first video that I took down five minutes later was a nail polish favorites. Okay. But the video that I ended up sticking with, like mm-hmm. when I put it online in December, that was a favorites video. I did like a November favorites. Okay. okay. And mm-hmm. then, so what made you then stick with it the second time? I think because it had been a nagging thought in my head for six months Once I finally dove in, and I kind of do this with a lot of things in life, things just like sit on my brain. I maybe don't talk about them to people. And so when the timing is right for me or when something pops up and it's right, I dive in like 100%. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'll come off to people as very like sporadic or like just kind of I make crazy decisions. But it had been brewing in my brain for six months. So once I dove in, I was like, this is it. So I immediately went. Like, and because I had the luxury of my parents letting us live with them and I wasn't working and my husband was working full time, mm-hmm. once I dove in and I, I, I knew what it was and I saw it, I immediately went to like 70, 80 hours a week of just doing that, of studying, wow. watching podcasts and YouTube videos of YouTubers who described like how they got more subscribers, how they honed their voice, what videos they decided to make, um, watching tutorials on how to actually handle lighting. I had no idea how to light myself, Mm -hmm. um, audio, how to edit, like figuring out my editing software better. Um, so I just spent a lot of time really trying to understand everything, the back end of YouTube, how analytics worked, the algorithm, how I go up on SEO. So I dove in full force once I uploaded that video in December. That's really interesting because you know I'm I'm very similar in the sense that I let ideas percolate for a while before I act on them. Yeah. And you did something where you decided to go a hundred percent with this YouTube thing yeah. right at the beginning, which a lot of people upload and then they say, you know, it was kind of a hobby. I was kind of yeah. playing around with it. I was in school. I was also working, but you weren't working. You weren't in school. You made the decision after thinking about it for four months or so, or five months, yeah. you made the decision to make this your full time, whether it was going to be career, your passion, whatever. That's a huge leap. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little scary, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's part of the reason I did so much research when I did dive in yeah. because half of my research, maybe not half, probably like 25, 30% was spent finding people who had made it already, who had made an income and figuring out how they did it. Cause I thought 
this is so scary and so random and like nobody understood. And I, or at that point I wasn't saying anything, but I yeah. knew when I started telling people, I was like, nobody's going to get this. I'm going to seem like a crazy person. I have to have enough evidence in front of me that this works and that this can be a thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just researched the heck out of every single aspect of it. But and it was it, a little scary. Yeah. And it takes, it does take understanding mm-hmm. so much in my opinion to really have that success on YouTube. I don't believe that anyone who's truly had a lasting career. I'm not talking about like a couple random viral videos. I'm talking about someone like yourself, somebody who has a career, someone who has a almost community of people that, you know, watch all their videos. It's not accidental. It's not without a lot of work and a lot of study. And that's actually, I mean, I did the exact same thing you did. I have more of a background in the podcasting world. YouTube was, I watched it, but it was so new to me. And there's, yeah. what's great is that there's a lot of resources out there and, you know, you can watch YouTube videos and all that. And, and that's part of the reason why I'm creating the show because although there's resources on how to light, how to, to edit, there isn't, there aren't that those conversations happening about really like the backs behind the scenes of YouTube, like the business side of YouTube. How do you make money on YouTube? SEO, all these different things that are so vital and crucial to having a successful channel. And you've kind of figured it out along the way. Yeah, I feel like that information, it's out there, but it's really scattered and mm-hmm. it's hard to find. Yeah. It takes like a lot of time of looking at, I mean, articles and you're on Google, you're on YouTube, you're just searching. It's like being a little detective to try to find all of it. Yeah. Was was there any point? Okay. So you dove in full force September of 2010. Yeah. 2010. 2010. So was there any point say six months after a year after that you're like, I don't know about this. Like I'm only at this many subscribers. I'm still not making that much money. Or was it for you? Like you knew it. This is it. This is meant what you were supposed to do. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I might be giving a, I don't know if this is the right answer or if this is a slightly Debbie Downer answer, but that feeling even at this point still comes and goes because it's so different. Mm -hmm. It's so like, uh, I don't know if the word is like off the beaten path or if that's the saying. It's so new. It's trailblazing way new paths. Yeah. Yeah. Even now, like four years in where like I'm making a full-time income off of it, I still go through seasons of like, am I crazy? Like, is this, is this like, it's just, it's so, it's changed our life in so many ways. Mm -hmm. So that feeling of like, am I crazy? Should I quit this? Should I walk away? Honestly comes in seasons depending on what's going on in my life. So yeah, I felt that in the beginning a few times where I thought like, this is so dumb. Like nobody gets it. Once I did start telling people, people were like, what are you doing? Like, so you're filming videos in your bedroom. Even my husband, even though I told him Mm -hmm. a few days or a week or so after I started, when I first told him, he didn't, he was like, what have you been doing all day? Like you've been on your computer all day. Like what? So it was scary telling people when they just, they didn't understand. And even now I'll sometimes take personal offense to things when people don't understand it. And my husband will remind me it's just because they don't know. It's just Mm -hmm. ignorance. It's new. It's, it's not something everybody understands. You know, I don't know if that was an answer to the question. No, That's that's a great and very honest answer because it's, it is so new and, and you're, and you're at an age where you are, I mean, how old are you? Do you mind? Asking? 27. So you're 27. So, I mean, you're still, you know, still young twenties, but you're married, you have a responsibility, you know, you have, you know, you and your husband and it's not like, well, you know, when I graduate from college, I'll maybe do something else or do this. You've decided to put years into this and make this your full-time job. And like yeah. anything, there's always going to be doubts here and there. And I think that's a very honest answer. 
Well, thanks, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> what brings up though those doubts? Is there anything specifically that has happened? <clears throat> well, it depends. Kind of just like it, it. Each season has brought different. You know, like have you ever heard the saying like "new levels, new devils"? <laughs> I actually haven't. It's, it's like a <laughs> saying. I mean, it's pretty like self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah. That, like every level you get to, there's like new things that you're dealing with. Yeah. So it's hard to really pin it down to one. I'll say like one thing that has probably been a struggle in it is like, I love making videos. I love taking pictures. I love creating beautiful things and good food. And I love the artistic side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and while I love in theory, the business side of it, uh, that has been a hard side for me because it is myself and I'm, I'm a person. It's not like I'm selling a separate brand, although it would probably be a similar struggle, even if it was a separate brand that has been probably some of the, the bigger struggles and the doubts is when I have to deal with business stuff or I'm tearing through contracts. I'm like, oh, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, yeah. should I just stop and like have kids, even though having kids is a part of the plan, no matter what, yeah. like, should I just stop everything? And like, it just becomes a little bit stressful. And, and sometimes I think that's not what I signed up for, mm. but I know deep down that every job and everything everyone does in life has parts that you're like, this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. So, um, that's probably one of the answers at times also dealing with people who are not so nice sometimes, whether it's people on your channel in the comment section or sometimes people in real life, but a lot of times it is online who just don't get it. And then you feel really shallow, like, oh man, am I just getting paid to curl my hair? Like, uh, you know what I mean? And yeah. I want to be helpful for people and I want to help impact people in a positive way. So when I'm, when you deal with like hate, mm -hmm. sometimes that's a little harder. Yeah. So those are probably some of the things, those are probably the two main things that at points where I've wanted to just be like, yeah. those are probably them. Have you enlisted the help of a manager or somebody to help you with kind of the business side of things? Yeah, it's been quite an interesting ride because, um, I've been with networks. I'm currently without a network, but I'm in talks to join a network again and a network like they kind of come built in with a team in a lot of ways, but they're not necessarily your personal team. They just help bring you deals. Mm -hmm. So on the personal side, I've been working with a business um, advisor, kind of like a manager, but more on the advisor side of things for like the last three years. Mm -hmm. And so he helps a lot with negotiations and contracts and, um, rates with people and legal. Like he was the one who helped me find my legal team because mm -hmm. when, you know, when you're working with brands, it all has to be really clearly spelled out exactly what you're going to be delivering. Yeah. Um, which, and that's like mildly stressful too, you know, like it's just, yeah. it's, own. but, um, I'm still really figuring it out. It's funny. I'm actually going to an event this Tuesday that the, it's called the entourage of digital media. And the whole event is talks about, um, people's roles in digital. So like management and PR and all these different things that are just starting to get mm -hmm. set in place in digital media. And I'm really curious because it's, something I'm still figuring out. But yes, I have people that help. Yeah. And it is definitely, it's like a, it's a whole new world of, of, of a career, a whole new world that's being charted with people like yourself that decided to jump into YouTube. Now it's their full-time job. And now they're realizing, oh my God, this isn't just a hobby. This isn't just me uploading a video. This is, this is a business Yeah, and I'm going to need help. I'm going to need to bring on people to help me out for it to sustain and to grow and to continue doing what you're doing completely. And it's, yeah. it's just, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. So like, even if I wanted to do everything, it's not really possible. The bigger things get. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, every 
digital person, YouTuber, business person, I guess that's part of the process too, is deciding how big you want to make something. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can only do so much. So bringing on that help is definitely essential. Yeah, for sure. So one of the questions I ask everyone when they come on the show is, was there ever a tipping point or a video, a collaboration that kind of took your channel to the next level? I mean, you have, how many subscribers do you have at this point? I you think have some 810,000. Yeah. yeah. So obviously some, there, there's a lot that must have happened for you to get to that point. Was there something that you could pinpoint that took your channel to the next level? You know, uh, the, oh, I've told people, people have asked me this question before and I've kind of two answers for it. Um, I've, my first answer is I've never had a blow up moment. Mm-hmm. So some YouTubers, they kind of just chug along and then all of a sudden they blast and it's like their subscribers are just like massively piling up and yeah. they're just blowing up. Um, I've never had that, but as far as a tipping point, I'd say the biggest thing that helped me on YouTube was when Miss Glamorazzi, Ingrid, she reached out to me and we did a video together. And I felt like Ingrid kind of giving me that okay was kind of a tipping point because at that point, then other people accepted me as like a YouTuber. Ingrid was a big tipping point. Okay. So how many subscribers did you have when you did that collaboration with Ingrid? Oh, gosh. I want to say... I, I don't remember. I know this is a wide number, but it was somewhere in the ballpark of twenty to 50,000. So she found me when I was uh, much earlier. And really the big thing with Ingrid, like the collaboration definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big push. But I feel like even more so than that, it was just the validation of like, I wasn't in the YouTube community. Nobody knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And after Ingrid, I feel like everybody took me more seriously. It was like, Oh, she's here. Like, Mm. and then other people were willing to collaborate with me and work with me. And so it taught me a really big lesson of like helping, um, other people who are just starting in things because I didn't realize how big of a difference that would make in Mm. terms of how seriously other people took me. Another question I asked everyone is when was that moment where you realized, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) Um, you know, it's funny. I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I've been making videos since I was a little girl. I mean, I broke like four of my parents' video cameras growing up. They ended up banning me at some point. (laughs) They were like, no more. You're not allowed to touch the cameras because I kept breaking them and using them. And I remember I would be like 15 years old and make these music videos and call my mom into the room and like, mom, dad, you gotta come watch my video. And I would like make everyone stop and just watch it. So I've been making videos and wanting to do that since I was 11 or 10. I just didn't know that it could be a thing. My Mm -hmm. mom would always say to me like, I wish there was a way for you to make money doing this, you know? So I don't know. And I don't know where it's all going to take me, but, um, for a long time. And with YouTube, it was really like once I dove in, I was like, I know this has been six months nagging me. Like I have to do this. This is my next step. And it's really great because you said you have this background in performing and acting and that whole thing. And it does translate really well onto YouTube. You know, a lot of people who have that kind of background, they find their place in essence on YouTube. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's definitely how I mm-hmm. felt. I felt like it was a fun platform to just get to do all the things that I already had loved to do for so long. Mm -hmm. Another question that I ask is, 
the idea of struggle? I know you talked a little bit about it, but is there anything right now that you're struggling with with YouTube? <laughs> Actually, it's what I was saying outside the business side of it. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I love business. I've been reading business books since I was like 13. It was really weird. My parents used to pay me to read them. They'd be like, well, take a dollar <laughs> chapter. So, and I, I mean, I started a business when I was like 14, from 14 to 19. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love business, but in theory, <laughs> and it's, that's probably been my biggest struggle recently. When people see me tweeting about not wanting to be an adult, mm -hmm. it's like subtweeting. It's not really, I'm open about the fact it's pretty much because it's business related. I, I do, I get a little bit overwhelmed sometimes with contract negotiations and figuring mm -hmm. things out. And when legal has to be brought into the picture, I immediately start to feel like, Oh, I don't want to make the other person feel like they don't, I don't trust them. Yeah. Like it feels slimy, even yeah. though I know it's just the way the world works and everything has to be in writing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has probably been the biggest struggle for me because I just want to make, I just want to make art. And once all of the other stuff is brought into it, it's hard for me to keep that feeling of like pure fun creativity mm -hmm. when I have to it's almost like, how do you keep both of those mindsets at the same time? The mindset of like, is everything in writing almost like this defensive, like don't screw me over kind of mindset of like, yeah. this all has to be here. Protecting yourself. Yeah. Like going from that to like, yay. And then yeah. being like open and creative and, um, making things, which I guess is the same as creative, but like, it's just hard to juggle both of those mindsets yeah. genuinely and that's been the biggest one. Have you ever had any experiences with your YouTube channel with, with business, the business side of things where you felt maybe you did get screwed over and now that's why you're so cautious with this stuff? Um, yes. I, I obviously can't go into like details yeah. about it, but I have had a couple situations where when walking away from it, I realized like, oh man, I don't even think these people necessarily meant to do this but they said it was going to be one thing mm -hmm. and it ended up being something completely different. Mm -hmm. And it was a big lesson in like, Oh, okay. So everything needs to be in writing. And it does make contracts a little awkward sometimes because now I won't really take people's word, not yeah. because I just don't trust people because I, like I said, I think the people that this happened with, I think they're good people, mm -hmm. but I think that it needs to be crystal clear what both parties are agreeing to so that there isn't a problem. Um, and I can't just go on goodwill, yeah. you know, like it has to just be understood. So yeah, I've had probably off the top of my head, two circumstances where I felt pretty screwed over, but yeah, yeah. you know, but it was a good learning experience. And like I said, I don't think that those people are bad people and that they meant to do that. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I don't. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's a good learning experience and, and you, you have a same sentiment as a lot of other YouTubers in that they're a lot of them, most of them are doing it for fun or doing it because they enjoy doing it. They're doing it because they either like to perform or they like makeup or they like whatever video games, whatever it is. And yeah. but they're not necessarily business people, but it's, it's a business and YouTube is yeah. becoming a very big business. And if you're making this your career, then you've got to take that business side very seriously, like you said, yeah. and you have to protect yourself. You have to do those contracts. You have to do, you know, all the, like you said, the, the discussions about what's um, going to be done and what's not going to be done because you're protecting yourself, your career and your business. And it's a hard yeah, exactly. transition, I think, for some people to take. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a hard transition. Mm -hmm. I definitely like everything to be rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it has been a hard transition, but I'm just, 
hoping and trusting that it's just that it's a transition and it's a season and that I'll get used to it and yeah. understand it more. Um, but it is definitely be hard being the role essentially of talent and creator mm-hmm. and then business owner. It's a weird vibe. It's weird to used to. So how are you getting most of your, I'd say like, not like business sales, but most of your opportunities here on YouTube, are people coming directly to you or is it, you know? Yeah. At this point, um, most of my, well, actually, yeah, at this point, all of my opportunities have been people coming to me, uh, that may change in the near future because like I said, I'm looking at, at networks. That's a possibility for me. Um, and I've been with networks in the past. And so that was another way mm-hmm. that I got brand deals was through them. Uh, but at this point, all of the opportunities I've been getting have been either from directly from brands or like agencies that represent the brands reaching out to me in like my email inbox and then mm-hmm. me talking with them and my business advisor talking with them, um, or even like people networks that know that I'm essentially like a free agent right now, reaching out to me, wanting to ask me to participate in a campaign Mm -hmm. or other managers who have campaigns and need to fulfill, um, this job. They know that I might be a good fit. So yeah, they're all coming to my inbox right now. And so you said you were with a network before and you're kind of a free agent now and maybe looking to join another one. Why did you not continue that relationship with that network? Um, I've been with two different networks and one of them is, it's nothing, it's nothing that crazy, but I'm not quite sure how to actually explain the story on the air. And then the other one was just different, um, different goals in mind. We, I kind of came in thinking that we were on the same page Mm -hmm. in terms of what I wanted to do in the future. And then it turned out that they weren't able to deliver on those things and, they were too early to the digital game. They thought that they were ready to step in to digital media because they were a traditional media company. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just too early for them. When I signed with them, I was on board for a few months. And then I realized that the ad sales team didn't understand how to sell digital. um, And it just wasn't the right fit. So I realized after a shorter period of time with the second network that it just wasn't the right fit. Do you have any uh, words of advice for people who might be looking at networks or thinking about joining one? Hmm. I would say a couple of things. First one, read your contract, make sure you know what you're signing. Um, I'm, even though I have a, a lawyer now, I have legal that I work with. I still all contracts. I try to actually read through and understand to the best of my ability. I think that's really important. Yeah. Understand what you're signing on to. There were people in the earlier days of networks that signed on and didn't realize they were signing for your contracts. Um, people who signed on and didn't realize that after a certain threshold of money that they've made, that the network, their percentage drastically increases. So I obviously think like networks, they're, they're in it to make money, but that's not a bad thing because yeah. everybody's got to make an income. And yeah. if they're, they're working hard for their money, then they deserve the money. Yeah. But I just think it's important to read your contract and know what you're getting into. Um, and then the rest, I'm trying to think how much I should say, because it also varies for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of giving away a percentage of my AdSense. That's probably the only other personal tip I'll give. Some networks want to take a percentage of talent's AdSense when yeah. they sign on. Um, I'm not a big proponent of that. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, that's probably the most, I'm trying to think if there's anything else big that I would say. That's probably the biggest one. Yeah. Okay. Your I, contracts. <laughs> I noticed that you recently started selling something on your channel, like a, a, a cup, a tumbler. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
product placement. Hey, there there you go. I'm sitting everywhere. (laughs) What made you decide to, you know, launch this product and sell it and all that? So I've joked for a long time that I kind of want wanted to do like the reverse end or like go backwards, uh, what Jessica Simpson did where she came in like on her talent and she ended up building up this whole like lifestyle brand. Mm -hmm. So I've joked, I kind of came on YouTube and I wasn't really that specific with what I was doing. And, um, some people I think have said that that's why my numbers have never rocketed because when people come, they don't quite know what to make of me. It's like, is she beauty? Is she fashion? What is she? But for me, it was a conscious decision because I want to do lifestyle. I want to do a lot of different things. Mm. So this, the product was just kind of like my first little like toe in the water of like, okay, what is it like? Do I even like this Mm -hmm. self like fulfilling manufacturing a product? So it's the first product I've done where uh, we put the money up, like we had it made in a factory. We actually self-fulfilled everything. We were shipping out of my mom's garage. Um, and just to really get an idea of like the whole picture of what that looks like. So, and the reason we did a Tumblr cup is because people who watch my channel or on my Instagram, they know that I'm like weirdly obsessed with having a beverage with me at all times. I'm the exact, I mean, I'm the exact <laughs> yeah. same way. Yeah. I always, yeah, I always, and, and so people are like, and my mom was like, what's wrong with you? Why do you always have to, she's like, you, you're yeah. like a baby. You always have to, I'm like, I have to, I have to have a beverage whether it's coffee or tea or water, yes. it's the, yeah. All time. All the time. I know we're perma thirsty. Yes. Yeah. I mean like that's, that's why I rolled out with the mm-hmm. tumbler because I was like, this is an easy integration. Mm-hmm. It's not even really going to take much thought to remember to promote because it's just naturally going to be integrated in things all the time. So that's the reason why I rolled out with that. Mm-hmm. And so is this the start of something more? Potentially, uh, we're looking at rolling out with more, but so much I feel like of what I'm doing right now is experimenting with things and finding out the paths that I want to take. Because I had talked to people before about licensing deals, which, you know, is completely different than just self-fulfilling everything on your own. And I wasn't sure that that was a path I wanted to go. I'm still not sure. But now that I've experimented in like self-fulfilling, it's like, all right, do I want to, I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure. Do I want to do more of products solely on my own Mm -hmm. or do I want to go the licensing path? I'm not quite sure. There's, there's honestly so many different things going on right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not positive which path I want to take yet, but I think in theory, yes, I want to do a lot more. A couple like quick logistic questions. So where exactly are you selling the Tumblr? Is it, do you have a website you're selling? Yeah. If you go to NikkiPhilippi.com and you mm-hmm. click shop, you mm-hmm. can see the cup right there and click through. Um, that's where, that's where I'm selling it. It'll take you through to a platform called Mosaic Merch okay. and that's where you can, that's where you actually check the out payment. and buy it. Yeah. The payment and all that. But if you come to NikkiPhilippi.com, that's where it is right now. And then it's always like in my video links. And how are you promoting it? Just in your videos? Yeah. It's all been very uh, organic, like in mm-hmm. place on Instagram pictures and in videos. I'm about to start doing something called Tumblr Travels. And it's going to be people who take pictures with their tumblers different places mm-hmm. around the world when they use the hashtag. I'm going to be featuring photos. It's funny. Actually, at my church, they do the same thing with um, their church program. Yeah. When, <laughs> like Around the world, they're like, I brought the church program yeah. to Alaska or wherever. Yeah. That's a bad example. But anywhere. I, so, I did that. Um, I mean, I had a clothing line for a little while with my sister oh, cool. and we would 
would people would take photos all over the the world, you know, with our stuff on them. That's so cool. Yeah, I love I love that idea. Um, so then, how do you feel? When did you launch it, the Tumblr? Uh, it's been about two months, I want to say. So do you think, is it doing as well as you thought? Is it not doing as well as you thought? How, how is, how's it going? Yeah, it's interesting because, um, in some ways it's doing a little bit better than I thought in terms of like speaking to my fears. Cause you know, there's always a side of you that's really afraid. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not going to sell a single one. Yeah, yeah. So speaking to my fears, I'm doing better that, or it's doing better than I thought it would, mm-hmm. but it's actually in reality doing about exactly how I thought it would. So yeah. we've sold, I want to say like 12 or 1500 mm-hmm. since we launched them, which is about where I thought, because I came out with most of them actually came out when I first launched, like mm-hmm. that was when a big push of the sales went through. And there's just been so much going on the last month with the move mm-hmm. and other things that are happening too. Um, I haven't gotten to push it as much, but it's doing about exactly where I thought it would. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's good. And how much are you selling them for? I'm selling them for, I should know the answer to this, but it's because of shipping too. It's about with international shipping, it's about $30. And if you're buying domestically, it's about 20. Okay. Well, good for yeah. you. I mean, it's, it's interesting because one of the other people that I interviewed, his name is Tim Schmoyer and he's not a, a beauty YouTube or lifestyle YouTube, but he has a YouTube channel called video creators. And it's all about having a successful YouTube channel. Mm. And one of the things that he talks about is, you know, different ways of making money. And his whole perspective is one of the best ways to make money on YouTube is not through AdSense is not through brand deals. Yes. Those are ways to make money, but it's to have your own products that you sell. Yeah. yeah. So, My business advisor always says the same thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So good for you. And I think it's, it's exciting to see, YouTubers like yourself have success in that. Thank you. Because it just opens up the doors to other people and to to more people being able to have viable businesses on YouTube. So I think it's awesome. Thanks. Okay, Nikki. So now we're heading to the end of the interview. And it's the beauty bonus round. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I'm just going to ask a series of questions, same questions I ask everybody who comes on the show, and you just respond with your answers. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. First question. This is an easy question, but what are your three holy grail beauty hair items? Yes. Uh, The Tarte Maracuja Foundation. It's a full coverage foundation. Um, I love it. Uh, for hair, I'm probably going to say the Chi Silk Infusion. I feel like it's what's saved my hair mm. through going blonde, which, uh, yeah, so it saved my hair through going blonde. And then the third is probably, ooh, what would I say? My go-to. I have so many products, it's really hard to pick, like, what is my go-to? I'll say the Sugar Lip Balm. I've been buying mm. it since I had braces. Yeah. Because it's so good. Sugar's a humectant and it pulls the water from the air and actually like plumps your lips. So those are probably And they smell so good. So good. I love it. So yeah, those are probably my three like holy grail. I've been using them for a long time. Mm, That, yeah, that, that, the sugar lip stuff is... Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's been around for a while and it always smells good. It always feels good. And Uh they come out with like different versions. So I love it. I love them. What are your three Holy Grail work items for your channel? Ooh, uh, actually, gosh, I'm like product placement central. One, <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to be sitting next to everything I use all the time. Right now. This genuinely wasn't planned. So yeah, my Canon 60D, my DSLR is one of them. Actually, really funny. 
My other one <laughs> is my Sony. This is the RX 100. I thought this was the 200, mm. but it's saying it's the 100. Um, but this is really great because I feel like it gives DSLR quality, but it's in a tiny little handheld camera. I found mm. out about this actually from a subscriber who came to a meetup and was vlogging, but I was like, um, homie, your camera is way nicer than mine. What is that? So it's expensive, but it's worth it because you can get such beautiful quality without having to draw so much attention to yourself like with this in public. How you much know, is so like a smaller one? With insurance, I want to say it was broaching a thousand dollars. Okay. So but it's awesome. Like yeah. if you're on like a family vacation, yeah. sometimes it's a little awkward, like, oh, I'm sticking out my camera in everyone's faces for them to be on the internet. Mm-hmm. So it's a little more discreet and fun when I'm just like filming with this. And then you end up with this beautiful video that nobody expected from this tiny little camera. Mm-hmm. So um those two things and then when you I- film your videos like at home, which yeah. one do you go for? The bigger one or the small one? Well, it depends, but I would say in general, my 60D, because there are still some pitfalls to the Sony. So with the 60D, you have, you know, your manual focus on the lens, so you can get really close. You can get really detailed shots and blur everything out by adjusting the aperture. But on the Sony, there's a couple downsides. You don't have um, manual focus. Mm -hmm. So if it just refuses to focus on something, you're like, come on, like, focus on my nails, like ah. focus. Um, and this doesn't have a flip out screen. Mm. So with my 60D, I love that I can flip things out for whatever angle I'm doing. And with my Sony, you can't, it just tilts. It's mm. not mm. same mm. thing. Um, and it's pretty slow to start recording. So, but yesterday I filmed a video and I actually used both cameras. Yeah. So it just kind of depends. Yeah. And then my third would be, I mean, it's so generic, but my iPhone, yeah. because I do so much business on my iPhone, I'm like, every time a new one comes out, I'm like, get me the new iPhone because I want the new camera. Yeah. I like the new screen. I actually think this is the six, but I think I'm going to upgrade to the plus. Really? Yeah. I, re- I have the, I have the six too. The plus I, is so big. I know, but I do so much. Like I just, I don't know. I feel like I personally will like having a bigger, bigger screen. Yeah. So I thought everyone could tell me, no, 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 it's too big, yeah. but I regret not getting it. So uh, I think I'm going to end up upgrading. The so camera are- though on the six is so much better than the, the plus. No, no, no. Than the five or the four. Oh, so much better. Yes. That's, that's the biggest reason every time they come out with a new one, yeah. I get it yeah. because every time there's a camera update and I do so much even from my iPhone on yeah. camera. Yeah. Next question. Do you have any favorite time management tools? Oh, <laughs> oh, I feel like I've slowly gotten worse and worse at time management. Uh, yeah. My husband doesn't think I have. He thinks that I'm just doing more, but sometimes it feels like I'm worse at it. Um, I would say this is not going to be anything profound. So I apologize for that. But keeping on just, I know people, I have friends that don't even use calendars, like use a calendar, use your notebook to make sure you're taking lists of everything. But that's just the most basic, like I don't have anything that profound and I'll try to prioritize sometimes. So if my list is really long, I'll go through and I'll do things in order of like what I need to prioritize. But yeah, that's about as profound as I'm getting with the time management. Seeing that you do this full time, do you have a schedule, like a set schedule? Or do you just kind of, hey, today I'm just going to do what I, I feel yeah, like? Yeah, that's that's part of the problem, I think, mm-hmm. with time management is that I don't have a set schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't, been, I haven't quite figured out how to do it because I know I've heard people speak on, you know, scheduling blocks of time. Like, oh, today is my meetings day. Yeah. Oh, today is this day. That 
I don't, I'm not sure if it's because of a lack of discipline on my part or if it's just the field that I'm in. It hasn't been able to work for me that way yet. There's so much that just goes on and changes. I'm actually, I filmed a video yesterday called, um, it's like my work routine because everybody always asks like, what do you do every day? And I'm like, well, (laughs) I filmed it to kind of explain some of the things that I might do in a day. And it just jumps all over the map, depending on what needs to be done, whether it's like I'm doing an interview with someone or I'm talking to a brand or I'm going over contracts or I'm filming or I'm editing or I'm doing social media or I'm actually working on a separate site right now that isn't, um, it's not my name. I'm like, I'm I'm creating like a magazine, like an online magazine and, or that, or I'm, I'm a producer of a channel called just like that. So sometimes I'm working with my talent on that channel, um, or I'm helping edit. So it just kind of depends and it's made time management really difficult for me. So I'm in a season right now where I'm just, I'm figuring out how to handle all of that. Wow. Wow. You're working on a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's like a lot of random things. And and that's the other, I'm not sure if I'm doing too much or if I'm not managing it properly. That's why I said I'm kind of in a weird transition, transition. it out season. What, yeah. what, tell me about that channel. Just like that. Yeah. What is that exactly? So that is a collab channel that I was a part of for about seven months. Mm. And after about seven months, we made the decision to recast the channel to become producers on the channel rather than be faces of the channel. So we recast and we rolled out with a new cast about a month ago. And we basically now decide um, the look of the channel, the themes for the channel. We're writing a script because we're going to be doing little mini series occasionally on the channel as well. And it's kind of going to be like Saturday Night Live in the sense that there won't, there is a cast, but no one's really going to be permanent Mm -hmm. because people are working on other things. So some people might be doing three month contracts. Some people might be on for a year, two Mm -hmm. years. It just kind of depends as everything moves forward, what people's schedule looks like, what we're working on. Um, But yeah, but I'm a producer on that. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that's really neat. Who would be your dream at collaboration? Ooh, the pioneer woman. (laughs) I love her so, I don't know. There's a lot of dream collaborations, but I love the pioneer woman. Pioneer woman. I've never even heard of her. She's a huge blogger and she has a show on the Food Network. Okay. Got it. What would you not do again if you were to start your YouTube channel right now? Ooh, Good question. This might be the first question I don't have an answer to. I'm trying to think. Um, hmm. I know I'm about to sound so corny, but I don't have an answer because everything I've done, I've learned so much. And if I wished it away, I think I still would have encountered those problems and I wouldn't have known what to do. So probably nothing as much as I hate that answer. I can't think of anything. <laughs> What are you glad that you did do when you first started your channel? Uh, researched the crap out of everything. I feel like I went to YouTube school and I feel like you should always be going to school and whatever it is you're doing, but I'm glad that I came in with that because I feel like it gave me a lot of, um, I don't know, just information and it, I just, I, I like that I did that, that mm-hmm. I learned so much in the beginning. What are your best resources that you'd recommend and someone's wanting to kind of study up on YouTube? Um, okay. There, well, there's two things. It's a little old now. I'm not sure if it would be considered outdated, but there was something called YouTube partner. If you Google like, Oh, partners project, Mm -hmm. there was this series that used to be on YouTube. They don't do it anymore. So that's why I'm not quite sure if it's outdated, but I feel like it would still be relevant. Um, Shira Lazar did this whole series with YouTubers. So partners project is a great series. 
And then even though Marie Forleo is really just on small businesses, yeah, it's probably not specific enough, but I like Marie Forleo too, but partners project specifically for YouTube. Okay. Got it. What has been your favorite opportunity that you've gotten as a result of being on YouTube? Oh man. Ooh, that's a good one too. Probably. I'm just going to give an answer because I can't think of like what actually my favorite is, but off the top of my head, I, I had always wanted to go to New York my whole life. And about a year and a half into YouTube, I got to go to New York with clean and clear. And I remember I was standing on top of the empire state building. And like, I started crying because I was like, I can't believe that I've wanted to go here forever. And I've tried so many times and I couldn't get here. And now because I upload videos to the internet, I got to come here and it was just so beautiful. And I just was really like, that was a really exciting moment for me. That's so So, cool. Yeah. What piece of advice would you give someone who has a YouTube channel and maybe they've been doing it for a year or so, and it's not really going where they thought it would go? Mm. I would say there's two sides to that. A, it takes a long time for things to move. So just know that it just takes a while. Um, I'm over four years in now. Mm. It's, it just, it takes a while and that, yeah, that's, and, and then keep learning. That's mm-hmm. Those are probably the two big things. Keep learning, trying to find out, is there something that I'm missing here in the puzzle? What's going on? And then just know that it takes a long time for things to really move and to be consistent. Last question. What is your unfair advantage? Ooh, what, is it, what does that mean? Meaning, what do you have that has contributed to your success that is unique to you or maybe that that Uh, nobody else really has? Oh, I think it's such a good question. Mm -hmm. And this answer feels like it's going to be cocky, (laughs) but that's, but it's a, that's you, you have to be. Yeah. Cause everybody has that. Everybody has that thing that makes them unique and special. And it's that, that it thing that, that people connect to. Yeah. Uh, My guess based on what, I've seen now on YouTube and what people have said, I think I make people happy. I think people will say to me a lot, like you made me feel better. I was in such a down mood and you made me happy. I get like, people will say sunshine a lot to me. Like, Oh, you're like sunshine. So it's weird to say that about, but I think that's my thing. I think Mm -hmm. I, I think I make people happy. So, but that feels so weird. It's good. You have a natural sunny disposition and people love it. I think, I think that's it. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for being a part of beauty in the vlog. I've had a really good time chatting with you. Where can people find you if they're not familiar with you and your channel? You can find me at youtube.com slash Nikki Philippi. Um, and yeah, that's where, or Nikki Philippi on any social platforms too. I hang out everywhere and I'm pretty obsessed with all of them. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Erica. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And if you enjoyed it and you got something out of it, help me get the podcast to the top 10 podcasts for business, for marketing, and leave a review on iTunes, share it in your YouTube videos, on your Instagram, tag me, and I will make sure to return the love as well. I love hearing how this podcast is affecting you, helping you with your YouTube channel, changing your life. I get emails and comments from that all the time. So keep them coming. And if you are looking 
looking to improve your YouTube channel, start your YouTube channel, make sure you sign up for the waitlist at ericavier.net for slash bootcamp for my next bootcamp, which is going to be happening in 2019. Have a wonderful week and I will see you next Thursday. Mwah.